What's going on? Hello and welcome to this first installment of 2021 for the Blue and Gold Podcast. Man, baseball season is right around the corner. It's basically here now. Teams have been practicing games set to begin this week. And we have a fun guest here today, and that's the head coach of the UC Irvine baseball team. That's Ben Orloff. Ben was such an accomplished player, a three-time All-American, was the Big West Player of the Year back in 2009. Uh, you, you could say the best shortstop, or arguably the best shortstop in UC Irvine history. Okay, fine. I'll say he was the best uh, to play uh, that position for the Anteaters. Just an outstanding player and now taking on a role as the coach of this program, the ninth head coach of this UC Irvine baseball program. We're going to talk a lot about the history of UC Irvine baseball in our conversation today. We're going to talk about his predecessor, uh, Mike Gillespie, and what Skip meant uh, to UC Irvine and to Ben. And we're going to talk about a lot of different things about this baseball program, including what is ahead for UC Irvine baseball. So we're excited to have that conversation uh, with Ben Orloff uh, coming up in just a moment. Do want to let you know that Pepsi is a proud partner of UC Irvine and Anteater Athletics. This baseball season, break open an ice-cold Pepsi and let's play ball. Cheers to the Anteaters and Eater Nation. All right, now our conversation with UC Irvine baseball coach Ben Orloff. The head coach of Anteater Baseball, Ben Orloff, uh, with us now. Ben, first of all, really appreciate you joining us here on the newly formed Blue and Gold Report, but uh, we're certainly glad to have you uh, here for this uh, second podcast that we've done, second installment, going through really uh, you know, the, the best and brightest when it comes to coaches uh, at this UC Irvine Athletics Department and somebody that is a baseball lifer, a UC Irvine lifer, has been a part of so much great success. Ben, really appreciate you uh, taking a little time out for us today. Appreciate you. Yeah, thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me on and bringing this thing back. Let's talk about uh, this this UC Irvine baseball program for a minute. We're going to get into your career, and I, I got a lot of questions uh, about that, but Man, for you to be a part of this just incredible era of UC Irvine baseball, from the time that you are here as a player to where this program is now, just how would you describe seeing how this program has grown and being a part of, I think, not just unprecedented success for UC Irvine baseball, but I think success that gets a little bit overlooked in the national landscape as far as how good Anteater baseball has been? Yeah, no, you're really right, Trent. And I think it, you know, it goes back really to the start of the program and, and uh, you know, Gary Adams being the first head coach here and what they did, you know, back when this program first started. But I think specifically, you know, since I was a student athlete here, I mean, we we used to change up at Crawford. You know, we had no locker room. Um, we had one shirt. We had one pair of shorts. We had one hat. Um, our academic center was that trailer over there on Crawford. Um UC Irvine had never won a postseason game as a Division One team. Um, you know, it was kind of a, a mom and pop program, kind of. You know, and now to see where we're at with the success that we've had on the field over the last, you know, really since the program's been back, to the additions of the scoreboard, the clubhouse, what's gone on with the, the on-field surface, the weight room, the academic center. I mean, it's been really impressive to see what's happened the last you know ten years or so. I mean, it's been cool to see it, you know, from the outside and how that growth is taking place and where this program's at right now. But I mean, it just seems like I think UC Irvine baseball fans maybe, you know, 15 years ago would have maybe thought that going to Omaha was a pipe dream for some, and now it's become an expectation for UC Irvine baseball. Um, I have a lot of questions about that, but first, what is it like to be able to represent UC Irvine when you go to Omaha and you're part of an experience like that with the very best in the game? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it means so much. I mean, I think that's, you know, that's your dream as a college baseball player. I mean, I remember, you know, when I was in middle school, high school, and you watch the College World Series every year in Omaha, and it's really a, you know, it's a dream. Um, I remember going there and at our practice day, standing in the dugout and just seeing those seats in the outfield and remembering all the moments you saw on TV, you know, Mark Kotze or these other things that happened in Roseblatt uh, to get a chance to play there and play against the teams that are there, the players that are there. Uh, to do it representing UC Irvine, you know, that was when I went as a player in 2007, you know, the program had never won a postseason game before. And so just to the route that you have to go through to get there, we won a regional at University of Texas. We won a super regional at Wichita State. We went to Omaha. Uh, you know, we're facing Mike Leak in game one of the College World Series. You know, that, that year we played in front of the, I think, the second and third largest uh, fan crowds in Roseblatt history. Uh, how the city embraces that event. I mean, it's, it's, it's like nothing else. Uh, you have a unique distinction of being able to go as a player and as a coach. So what are the differences uh, when you go, when, when you're playing versus uh, as a, compared to when you're coaching? Were, were you more nervous? I'll ask this too. Were you more nervous as a player or as a coach? Yeah, I think it's more enjoyable as a player. Um, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's really enjoyable. I mean, it's, it's, it's the pinnacle. It's what you dream about. But I think as a player, especially for us, I mean, we didn't know any better, um, you know, and you're just really taking in the moment and you don't really, I don't think we really understood the magnitude of what Omaha was. And I think that's what helped us perform well. I mean, I remember uh, we lost the first game to Arizona state, a team that had a bunch of big leaguers. Uh, and then we were playing Fullerton in an elimination game. And I remember we were stretching before BP. And when you get eliminated in Omaha, uh, they lower your flag to like half mass. And I remember we were like, joking about that, getting ready to play an elimination game. Um, so I think as a player, you know, it's one of those things that you don't know what you don't know. Uh, you can enjoy the fan. You can enjoy that stuff as a coach. You can enjoy it, but you're scouting. You're trying to get ready to play, you know, the three other teams in your pool. You're worried about what your players are doing at night, if they're just enjoying being there too much, just getting caught up in the moment or they can focus on playing. So I think there's a lot more – worrying and planning as a coach and as a player. It's a good problem to have either way. I mean, it's, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> no doubt about that. Ben, take me back to your time as a player for UC Irvine. Really, in, in many respects, putting UC Irvine baseball back on the map in that sense. Uh, did, did you feel like you kind of had that role and that responsibility after the program had been gone for so long and then uh, to come back and then pretty quickly to have that kind of success? Did you feel any of that when you were playing? Yeah, I mean, when I was, I mean, I wasn't recruited very much out of high school. Um, I remember, I mean, I committed to Coach Serrano and his staff, and for those UCI people listening, that green portable um, out there on Crawford, that was where his office used to be. And, um, you know, I was a non-scholarship player, and it took me about five seconds to say yes that I was in. You know, I felt wanted. I felt that, you know, he had this vision, him and his staff, of where the program was going to go. He had won a national championship before at Cal State Fullerton as an assistant coach. Uh, you know, he, he had this vision and, uh, hey, this program's going to get there. And I believed it. Um, and besides that, too, I really felt wanted by him and his staff that they wanted me to be here. And um, like I said, a kid that's not being recruited by places, um, you know, that's all you could ask for. And then then you get there, and my freshman year we lose in a, in a regional at Pepperdine, and I hit into a 6-4-3 double play to end our season. Um 
Missouri ended up winning that regional, a Max Scherzer, Missouri team. Um, and then my sophomore year, we, we have the run and we go to Omaha and it kind of really continued out the rest of my career and you know, on and off here the last 10 years since. Ben, you talk about feeling wanted when you were uh, recruited to play at UC Irvine. You were a long time before becoming the head coach of this program, so influential as far as recruiting is concerned and helping bring great talent uh, to this Ant Eater baseball program. Was that something similar for you when you were out trying to get players to make you know, Ant Eater baseball players feel as comfortable as possible when, when they're trying to find a place to play and spend their college time? Yeah, I think, you know, I think I, I try to I try to do things the coaching that made me, a you know, the player that I was. And, um, you know, I believe in work. Um, I believe the magic's in the work and you have the ability to outwork people. Um, so I think in recruiting, it's about you got, you got to be willing to work. And we're so fortunate in the area that we live. There are so many games that you can get to and players that you can get to within an hour of this place that it's really easy to – to be out at games and see players. Uh, and so I think it's, it starts with that. And I think when you're recruiting a guy, you got to make them feel that they want that, you know, that, that you want them there, that they're wanted, that you have a plan for them once they get there, that you have a plan for the program that you sell your vision on them and, and that they believe in you. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, because we're used to Irvine because we play in the big West, uh, you know, we don't always get, Maybe the sometimes we do, but the kids that are you know the highly acclaimed, recruited by everybody, play in the area code games, and so you got to work and you got to find players, and you know you have to know about their background and know about them. And I think when you know their background and who they are, that you know things about them that other people might not. That that makes them feel wanted, and that you really want them and are invested in them and have a plan for them once they show up. I know the landscape when it comes to Major League Baseball is changing, and Minor League Baseball in particular, the draft cut down uh, to just five rounds this past year. But I I have to wonder, I've always wondered this, what it's like for baseball coaches trying to recruit talent, because when Russ Turner tries to go bring in a great basketball player to play either basketball, he's not worried about that guy maybe going off the NBA. That's something that has to be a concern when you're going after, you know, premier talent trying to go to UC Irvine. What is that balance like I know like Royce Lewis was somebody at one point for you guys that were were way in on and he ends up you know being taken first overall how much of a challenge is that when you're going through recruiting and trying to find uh, that right pick that, that's going to be someone that's also uh, not going to get drafted maybe so high and, and play for you guys yeah we believe in trying to to recruit the best players and commit the best players that we possibly can get um, you know we, we don't run into the draft as much as some other programs uh, but well, we believe in trying to recruit the best players we can get. Um, usually once we recruit them, there's, you know, I think it's a good problem when major league baseball wants, has interest in your committed players. Uh, you know, we, I'm way more concerned about them being not good enough than too good. Uh, so when you have a, a commit from a player that major league baseball wants, you know, has interest in, that's a good thing for us. I think, you know, the, then it becomes on us, the education piece to educate them about, what the draft is, what professional baseball is, the, you know, the pros of the college game, uh, not just from an educational and uh, emotional development, but just strictly, you know, also from a financial and, you know, this is the best decision that you can make for your long-term baseball career. Uh, so we're passionate about doing that and, and educating those guys. And, you know, we're lucky on our staff, uh, me, Danny Babona and Bryce Stoll on our staff, we all played professional baseball. We all had agents, 
me and Danny got drafted twice. Bryce only got drafted once because he was better. Um, you know, so we've been talking about, you know, what the minor leagues are like, what having an agent like, you know, all that type of stuff because, you know, we lived it. But I want to talk about your predecessor for a moment, Mike Gillespie, and uh, what Skip meant to UC Irvine baseball. I don't think could be understated, but how would you describe what, what your relationship was like with Skip and just what he meant to you uh, now in this new role for you? I know a couple years on the job, but uh, taking over really for an iconic figure when it comes to, to baseball in general. Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. Um... I mean, his impact can't be overstated in college baseball um, and maybe even just baseball, period. I mean, I, I know the day after he passed, you know, the, Joe Madden's talking about him in his press conference. Aaron Boone's wearing his number. But, yeah, specifically on the college game, specifically on UC Irvine, um, I mean, we don't have enough time to talk about what he means to me and the rest of our staff and our program and, and UC Irvine. But, uh, you know, he, he my first interactions with him was – my junior year, you know, he got hired after Coach Serrano left and went to Fullerton. Um, met him in the fall of 2007. You know, a team coming off of, of a college World Series run the previous year, and uh, you know, right away you see his knowledge of the game, his competitiveness, how much he loved practice, his experience on seeing every situation that could ever come up and wanting to be prepared for it. Um, so I got to live that for two years and had two really good seasons with him in 2008 and 2009. Uh, and then once I went away to pro ball, I mean, we talked every week on the phone for five years while I was playing professional baseball. Uh, you know, he became a, a friend and a supporter, you know, more than a coach. And then, you know, I actually ended up, he offered me the job when I was playing double A in Corpus Christi. Come back and be an assistant coach and work for him and work at UC Irvine. Um, paid job in the college game, and so I mean, I actually quit playing when I was in Double A and having some success uh, to come back and work for him as an assistant coach. Uh, got to learn a lot about how to be a coach working for him for five years and get to see see everything that he does that makes him who he was as a coach. Um, and then a big reason that I'm the head coach is because of him. And then I think that once I became the head coach, I mean, we really had a special relationship because I no longer work for him. I, I live one street from him. Um, and so we talked, if not every day, almost every day, um, spent many, many mornings before going to the office in his living room, drinking coffee and talking about baseball or our team, or did you see this or how would you handle that? Um, and so it just, you know, the, he, he has a really, he's a really special friend and, um, you know, his impact on our program and myself can't be, you know, overstated. And there's not a day goes by that we don't think about him. And in the old days when we're allowed to work in our office, you know, I keep his, his last name played in my office right next to my computer, just as a reminder for me of like, you know, what a, what it means to be a, a real coach. Yeah, ben, I appreciate you sharing that. I know that that's uh, probably not an easy thing to do. So thank you uh, for doing that. You mentioned something interesting. And when you made the decision to become a coach and you talk about you're in double A and, and maybe for those that aren't super familiar with how baseball works, you got to be pretty darn good to get into double A. And that's a lot of times where a lot of major league organizations have their top prospects and guys that uh, may not be too far away from the big leagues by the time you get to that double A level. So for you 
going to be having success at that level and feeling like maybe the big leagues aren't that far away uh, for you to, to make that decision to coach? What, what went into that decision, and what do you remember about you know, the appeal of wanting to, to play for Skip and, or coach for Skip, rather, and, and come back to UC Irvine? Yeah, I, mean, I think, you know, because of my experience playing at UC Irvine, um, I mean, that's what solidified it for me that I knew I wanted to play for as long as I could play and that I wanted to coach in college for as long as I could coach. Uh, so I always knew at some point I wanted to get into college coaching. Uh, the timeline kind of just, you know, it was my second year in AA, um, playing with a lot of really good players and good guys and a really good coaching staff that I enjoyed. Uh, and some of the guys on that team were like Kike Hernandez, George Springer, some of those guys. Um, and that was the first time probably in my minor league career, I was always kind of like the fourth infielder. Um, that was the first time in my career where I was really playing every day, kind of going back really to the previous season in double A and was kind of starting to feel like I was good and could do it. Um, and a little while into that season, uh, my manager called me in the office on an off day and pretty much it said that, you know, the front office told him to stop playing me every day. That it's, you know, we got to play the prospects. You know, I was a ninth rounder and signed for 25,000. So I was rich. Um, you know, so he said, you know, time to, he, he had to stop playing me every day and play the prospects. And so I went back to kind of playing every fourth day or on a travel day or on a day game or on a Sunday. Um, and so that's when those conversations kind of heated up with coach Gillespie. And it was like going through that was when he kind of, uh, um, and I told him I would take it. And then a couple of days later, I played the last game I ever played. I was not supposed to be in the lineup. And one of our infielders had to go home for a funeral. And I was literally scratched into the lineup. Um, got four hits. Didn't play for the next three nights. And then quit and took the job working for Coach Gillespie. So the timing kind of you know, couldn't have been better for me. And I'm forever grateful that he took a chance on a guy that had never coached before and let him pay him and let him coach. That is an incredible story. I didn't know that about that last game. Four hits, four hits as a as a walk off for you. That's pretty darn impressive, Ben. That, that's that's big time uh, to get that done. You know, you, we we can talk about you know Skip and, and what he meant for this program, which you've done. But at the same time, from a baseball philosophy perspective, I think a lot of people enjoyed the game that that, that Skip uh, liked to play. And a lot of times with with great pitching, and you try to scratch and claw and get one run and. And he'd bunt at any moment and do lots of things. Uh, some people called him crazy for it, but his track record and, and uh, the amount of success he had uh, may prove otherwise. How would you compare maybe your stance and, and your philosophy baseball-wise compared to what Skip was and, and what he did uh, on the diamond? Yeah, I, mean, I think we're similar in a lot of areas. I, mean, I think you obviously have to you know, be yourself, and that's one of the things that you know, is probably – Coach Gillespie, was, he always – no matter how much we want him to come out, come to practice, come in the dugout, he always, you know, out of respect for us, wanted to give me my space to coach and not feel like he was looking over my shoulder. Um, but we're similar in a lot of areas. I mean, it's about the fundamentals. Um, it's about discipline, which means doing things right all the time. Um, it's about really good practices and being prepared for every eventuality that can show up on a game. Um, it always starts with pitching. You need, to, you need to really pitch to win. You need to keep runs off the scoreboard, especially at the, the field that we play out at home. You know, it, it's hard to score runs. Uh, you go play in, in TD Ameritrade where Omaha's out, and it's really hard to score runs. Um, so it's about pitching, defense, keeping runs off the board. 
Uh, I think offensively, you know, we want to be balanced and prepared to win every type of game. And um, you have to play to your, you know, your personnel. Um, 2019, my first year as head coach, we had some guys that could kind of change the game with one swing. So we didn't bunt a lot. Um, but, but we, you know, we, we, you know, coach Gillespie says, you know, he, you got to have your own playbook and have your own odds and do what you think's needed to win the game right now. Um, regardless of what the experts or the numbers think, you know, you know, your team better than anybody else. And there's times for sure to play for a run. Um, there's times for sure to play for the big inning and, you know, we kind of want to be as complete as we can and do whatever it takes to win tonight. You know, there's days you got to win 2-1, and Tuesdays you got to win on 9-7. to You talk about having uh, great pitching and defense. I tell you what, you got Trenton Denholm coming back, who has a great name, by the way. Outstanding first name there. Uh, but, to, but to have a really uh, solid pitching staff back, what, what kind of uh, hopes and expectations do you have for your current team uh, looking ahead and, and hoping uh, we're going to have a baseball season? But, but what do you hope your team can be? Yeah, we like our team. Um, you know, I, I think it's, it's – it's, I think in 2021 20, everybody likes their team and everybody has – old players because of what you mentioned earlier with the shortened draft um, and this extra year of eligibility. Uh, so we like our team. I mean, it definitely all starts on the mound. Um, and we, we've pitched it really good at UC Irvine for a long time now. Um, I've had some really frontline pitchers come through the program and Trenton's at the top of, you know, all of those lists. Uh, you know, we, we were eight and seven last year. And I think, you know, you, you read on the internet right now and, Every every coach says they were on the cusp of having this great year ever, and um, I, I don't know if that's the case. So I'm, we're not certainly going to say that at eight and seven. Um, but we return a lot of guys we really like, and Trenton's as good as there is. I mean, we're talking about a guy with with a track record in college. If I don't know, you know, really what college pitcher right now has the the track record that he has. I mean, this was a guy that was the best pitcher in Northern California in 2017. Turned down some, you know, could have got drafted. He got drafted out of high school and came to college. Um, threw 75 innings as a freshman, was the pitcher of the year in our league as a sophomore. He gave up 61 hits and 99 innings. He holds the record for scoreless innings or a zero ERA in the history of the Cape Cod Summer League, Team USA trials. Um, so we're really fortunate to have a guy like him back and, um, you know, was having a good year last year and had an opportunity to, to sign if he wanted to and go play pro balls last year and didn't. And so he'll, he'll make us a lot better on Friday night when he pitches and, you know, you also feel the pressure with it of, of uh, hey, we, we, we got to win when he's on campus because guys like him don't come around all the time. What's your vision for UC Irvine baseball moving forward? If you want to look at the next, you know, handful of years down the road, and we, and we know, you know, I, I remember that 2014 run when UC Irvine ended up making it to the College World Series. I remember being at the regional at Cal Poly, and, you know, we'd see those games, and you guys played so late every single night in that Oregon State uh, regional. They were supposed to be the number one team in America, but, boy, the, the pesky eaters kept, you know, spoiling all the fun for the Beavers up there and everybody else, and you guys had that great run. Uh, to get to the College World Series there. But at the same time, that was 2014. And I think a lot of Anteater fans are chomping at the bit to see UC Irvine get back to that level and, and maybe beyond that. So where's, what's your vision for, for what you hope uh, UC Irvine baseball can be uh, here in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, plain and simple, I think our goal is to win the national championship. Um, you know, and like you said, it's, it's been too long since we've been in the postseason. Um, it's been too long since we've been in Omaha. I think we all recognize that winning's hard. Um, getting the postseason's hard. Uh, 
I think you look at the history of this league and the teams that, that make the postseason out of the Big West historically have had a lot of success making deep runs into the tournament. Um, I don't say win the national championship to make it seem light, but, you know, I think the standards kind of been set at UC Irvine and this program has been in Omaha two times in the last 12 years. Um, won games in Omaha, both times we win. I mean, when I went as a player, we won two games and lost to Oregon state a couple nights before they won the national championship. And in 2014, when we lost in Omaha, uh, we won the first game, which you have to do. And um, we were beating Vanderbilt four to two in the fifth when Walker Bueller came out of the bullpen and we didn't get any more hits. Um, so I, you know, it, we place has been to two super regionals in 2008 and 2011 with leads in the ninth inning to go back to Omaha. Um, so I think the standards kind of been set on what the expectations are at Irvine. And I think the, you know, the, the one thing that this program hasn't done is win a national championship. Um, we've only won the league one time in 2009, but you know, that, that, that's our goal. That's, that's where we want to go. And, um, you know, I think that makes it fun. And, you know, we're fortunate to be at a place that's knocked on the door before, you know, we're not talking as a place that's never been to a super regional or never been to Omaha. And I think everything's in place at Irvine, um, for us to recruit really good players, which is where it all starts. And, um, and so I think that's kind of, you know, where we want to go and, you know, we're, we're going to get there. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's what we'll, we'll be I think there's a lot of coaches that can say they want to win a national championship. I don't think there's all that many that can believe that they have the program that can do it. And, Ben, you have a great thing going here, continuing the legacy of what uh, Gillespie did and Serrano before him and all kinds of great people that have been a part of a UC Irvine baseball. Ben, I really appreciate the time today. Best of luck uh, to you and your team moving forward. I, I can't wait for the day that we can be out there at Anteater Ballpark and, and hang out on the berm and have some of the great food and the concessions and go watch your team play. I can't wait for that day, uh, but in the meantime, I, I really do appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, reflecting a little bit on, on your career and just where this program's at right now. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for everything you do, and we'll keep uh, enjoying listening to you on those basketball calls. All right. Thanks, Ben. Take care. Really appreciate Ben taking that time out for us. Uh, thanks to him, and good luck to the Anteater baseball team this upcoming season. Pepsi is a proud partner of UC Irvine and Anteater Athletics. This baseball season, break open an ice-cold Pepsi, and let's play ball. Cheers to the Anteaters and Eater Nation. That's going to just about do it for us here on the Blue and Gold Report podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks for joining us. Hey, by the way, be sure to check out our other podcasts, including a conversation with Dan Klatt, the women's water polo coach here at UC Irvine, who's done an outstanding job. We had a really deep conversation. I hope you get a chance uh, to check that out as well. Thanks for listening to this one and go eaters.